0: So in our life, we have, the the message that I have today is uh, drawing on his strength, to draw on God's strength. Now, whenever we think of drawing on someone's strength, you know, uh, you have those like sucking water out of a glass, you know, with a straw, you draw the water out of the glass and there's nothing left in the glass, okay? But when we draw upon the strength of God, we are sharing that and nothing is ever diminished. See, there's, not, <clears throat> there's nothing diminished when we draw on God's strength because there's no limit to his power and there's no limit to his resources. So at the, at the disposal of God is everything. So whenever we have a need, whenever we have a difficulty, when we have a burden, we have the strength of God to to be with us. And perhaps that's, you know, you, you see how situations where just the question was, well, what do you think the... the Paul's thorn in the flesh was you know just that idea and do we all have them do we all have thorns in the flesh yeah do we all have a prickly situation that sticks us every once in a while (laughs) and um, sometimes we have them for a lifetime look at Fanny, Fanny Crosby she had a what we would call a thorn in the flesh you know something happened that she was blind and so that blindness never kept her from seeing Jesus that blindness never kept her from seeing the relationship that God has with us. And perhaps her blindness enabled her to see the things that seeing people can't. So is it a burden or is it a blessing? And, and, and how, you know, praising my Savior all the day long. You know, the Bible says in everything give thanks. What we are doing is allowing God's strength to become our strength by thanking him. We are giving God thanks. I, I think of it in the, in the context that when bad things happen in our life, there's a couple things go on in our brain. One is in that, one is that in, a, in, a, in a bad situation, it takes up more brain space. You know, some of us only have a limited amount, but there, it takes up more space in the brain. Plus, there is in a trauma memory, I remember when I did this years ago in, in, in counseling, that there's this place, this little spot in the brain, it is called, it's, it's a, a place where uh, trauma memory is stored. And trauma memory is, it goes, comes out the same way it went in. So if, like a person was, um, I counseled, I remembered she was tortured as a child, okay? Literally tortured. She was placed in a boiling water because she tried to, she had done something wrong and her mother put her in there. When she remembered that, and she was also tied, Her hands were tied. When she remembered that situation, her legs would turn red and her arms, where she was tied, would turn black and blue. Because her trauma memory was so specific and so great, her body responded to the memory. Now, not everybody does that, of course. But, so trauma memory and um, painful things, hurtful things can take a big spot in our brain. Now, when the Bible says, in everything give thanks, what we are doing is that God has given us the ability to overcome those things. So we're shrinking, it's it were, we're encapsulating that experience in something that is good, that God will take care of this. Well, we should go and kill the person who did this. In, every, in everything give thanks, but vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. So we coat that with the word of God and with being being thankful that God is in charge, don't understand why. You see, every one of us need to have a file in our brain for one specific thing, the I don't know file, (laughs) okay? We all have to have a file in our brain that says, I don't know, because we don't know everything. If we try to find answers for everything, it's not going to (laughs) work, because we don't have the answers. And we won't know the answer till the end of life. And we don't know why things happen the way they do, but we do know that God is with us. So if God is with me and I have given my life to him, I'm asking God for his direction, so therefore I am believing and trusting that God will take care of me. So uh, going back to our little illustration of faith, ladies, you all know this one, that if you're pregnant, you're pregnant. If you're not, you're not, right? There's no in between. I'm 0.5 pregnant, (laughs) Okay? Sorry, there is no 0.5. You either are or you aren't. Well, faith is, I either am or I am. I either have it or I don't. So if we have enough faith to ask, we have enough faith to give birth to what God has put in our heart. If we have enough faith to ask, see, if you're pregnant, you're pregnant. If you have enough faith to ask, you're pregnant. (laughs) You're going to have a child. If you don't have faith, you have no child, you're not going to have it. Now, it doesn't mean that you're all going to be pregnant and you're all going to have children. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> you better not. Uh, so, <laughs> Abraham and Sarah walking down the aisle. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but we see that, you know, so we, we make faith something that is um, something that it is not. We, put, we have a tendency to put faith in a, in a particular category. We have, a, we have a, an idea of religion. We have an idea of religion. We, we know enough about religion to make it like us and what like we would want it to be. You know, if I were God, and in reality, we're not. We're not God. We are made in his image, and we are, then, uh, we are after his likeness, and we then are, are um, striving to become more like him. And in the striving, we have the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, who comes to be our tutor. He then tutors us in our classroom. (laughs) You know, I was thinking of um, children. How many, you know, us as adults? Well, how about us as a person? How many love to go to school every day? One, and if Rhonda were here, she'd be two. (laughs) She loves school. I mean, yeah, oh, well, yeah, she, yeah, she wants to be there. <laughs> yeah. But Rhonda loves school. Whenever we moved here 37 years ago, we walked over to the school, walked in with Rachel, walked up the steps, and I goes, oh, smells like a school. Rhonda goes, oh, smells like a school. <laughs> yeah? It was those old wooden floors when they put those chemicals on there and wipe them You know, she, she loves it. She loves school. She loves the classroom. She loves kids. She just, and never, and never lost that. Okay. So we have the idea that we don't love school, but what do we do as parents? Parents say, you're going to go to school. Why? Because you have to. I don't need this stuff, but one day you will. Our Heavenly Father is taking us to school every day. And he is, what in the curriculum that he has is the scripture. Now, the scripture is not the yardstick that he slaps us over the fingers with in the back of the head in the paddle that he spanks us with. You know, uh, he, his, the scripture is there, as it were, to give us an understanding of what we should apply to our life and what we should not. So in a, in a difficult place where we have painful memories and painful experiences, we're asking for forgiveness. Because the tutor is telling us, if you forgive as you have been forgiven, you'll be able to let this go. If you will forgive and not allow anger to eat at your way, eat away at your life, you will then find peace and love and forgiveness. Because God is going to take care of the negative and the difficulties and, and all the bad things that happen. We're going to put those in God's hands and we're not to give him advice. God, I know what you should do for these people, and I know exactly where they should go. I always tell people where to go. Heaven. Go to heaven. You want to go there. That's on the agenda. That's what God wants. There was, uh, where were we at? We were at a, a, a basketball game, and, the, and the, uh, one of the coaches hollered out, Jesus, and he stopped. And I go to the guys, I know that guy. <laughs> and they started laughing. I know Jesus. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. <laughs> you know. And they're all going to say, laugh, he's a preacher, he knows Jesus. So anyhow, I work for him, you know. But in our life then, we have this tutor that's taking us to school every day, and his curriculum is the word of God, and we haven't mastered the word of God. We have we have we are allowing the, the life experiences to Be part of who we are. We have them. You have a life experience being here today. You have faith being here today. Your foundation of your life is being established because you're here today. What you believe in the things that we've said that... 20 years from now, God can bring this to your mind, just like Rhonda can remember the pictures and the events of all, that 20 years from now, this very sermon, this very message, and the scriptures that I will read, that God can bring them right up in the picture, and there they are, and there's the answer you've been looking for. Because to God, there's no future, there's no past, it's all the eternal present (laughs) for us, for him. So God doesn't look into the future. He knows what it is. So God is teaching us, just like we tell our children, go to school, why? Because you need an education. What do you need education for? So you can go and do these things and become this. God is saying to us, you need to live. You need to apply the scriptures to your life. And I'll be your tutor, because you need to prepare yourself for what's coming. You see, and what is coming isn't... What's so difficult in life, but it's what if God can take care of me today, he can take care of me tomorrow If I doubt God's ability to care for me today, I will doubt his ability to take care of tomorrow So in the present I am being thankful that God has heard my prayers He knows exactly where I'm at. He knows the desires of my heart and in this place where in this place where I have found his presence in his presence there's peace. In this place where I found his presence of peace, I can be in the midst of the storm and know that my life is secure because it's anchored to the rock. And staying to the rock isn't because of my efforts. Staying to the rock is that the rock is holding on to me. (laughs) Okay? that the rock has a hold of me and upon my life. So we see that that God is at work, the tutor, the Holy Spirit is teaching us the scriptures, teaching us to apply the scriptures in such a way that we are not allowing condemnation and guilt and all that to, to rule in our lives. We studied this in Sunday school lesson was the idea that in Adam all sinned but in Christ all are made alive. Now What happens is, in our thinking, both my thinking, it was like this balanced it out. We have Adam's sin, we have Christ's forgiveness to balance it out. No, what we have in Christ is the all-sufficiency of grace and mercy, and it so far overwhelms that which was the condemnation and guilt and the sin. That the guilt and the sin and the condemnation are part of our nature that was not to be part of our nature. Our nature was created to live by God. We were made in the image of God and in his likeness and his spirit is abiding within our hearts and lives. We were made in the image of God and then come along this sin that got stuck onto the outside of the the package. And in that, everyone got the sticky stuff on the outside of the package. But in Christ, all are made alive. And in Christ's forgiveness, the sticky stuff, you know, you ever used to see Pam? Not the lady Pam, Pam the spray. You see, when you go out every day, you need to take your can of Pam, and you just spray it all over you so nothing sticks. <clears throat> Anything that's not supposed to stick, doesn't stick. Okay, no matter what anybody throws at you, it doesn't stick. You know, it just slides right off. Well, in our life, we are allowing the Word of God to become that to us, and when, we are, when the sin of our life, the mistakes and failures of our life are slid off because that's not who we are. We are a child of God. We are a person of God. We are <laughs> a person of interest to Jesus Christ that he looks after us. He looks after our well-being. He, lo- he knows where we're going. He knows what's ahead and he wants us to be at the very best, at the very head of the class because the tutor knows that we can overachieve. See, there are, <laughs> one of the things that Rhonda always liked to do was, you know, you get the, the kids in and a lot of, I mean not Glenda and other teachers, that uh, you have this kind of like what a child should achieve according to their IQ, according to this, what they should, where they should fit into the scale when, I, when they're all done with the year, with the, where you're at. Well, at the end of the year, they would always go through the tests and all that stuff. And a a a great percentage of the children always overachieved. They were able to become greater than what the tests said they could be. And in our lives, we look at our life and we see, we look in the mirror and we say, well, you know, I'm not that good, I'm not this, I'm not that. That's not part of God's nature. He didn't set you up to fail. He set you up to experience life and allow the Word of God to be incorporated into that life. And when the Word of God and the life experience come together, we overachieve because the Holy Spirit inspires our lives. He inspires our thinking, He inspires our speech, He inspires our abilities. There's an inspiration to our life, it's a divine inspiration. And the divine inspiration is the Holy Spirit, is God's work in us. And he's the one who pulls this together. So if we ever wonder why we put it in the file folder that says, I don't know why, but I know this. I'm going to give God thanks. I'm going to give him praise for where I am. And I'm going to look for the good that's going to come into my life, not the bad. Well, what if bad comes? Doesn't matter. Going to look for the good. Good. Because there is good because the curse, the blessing can be the burden. (laughs) The burden can become the blessing. The very thing that we're shying away from may be the very thing that we need. And the very perimeter that we are fighting against is the very boundary that God wants to knock down. (laughs) So, you see, we don't know everything, but we know one thing, we know God. We know him and he loves us with an unfailing... (laughs) Um, unyielding love because he died for us not that he could balance out the scales he he, he died for us that that which was causing our humanity and our humanness to get in the way of our spirituality he cleansed us from that now there's a great move on with people who want to be spiritual but don't want to have Christ they want to have a spiritual experiences, but they don't want to have to be sinful. You see, sinful is that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But people want to have the spiritual experience without having to admit that there's a God. So how can you, you know, in my little brain, I think of how can you deny the spirit of God but yet accept the spirit of the universe? You know, the force. <laughs> how can you accept... Mother Nature is having a spirit, an energy, that you can look at and see that the energy exists in the earth. How can you deny that there is a spirit that created this energy? Well, it all came about because of. Okay. How long, till, <laughs> how long till we come to the point of crossing over from this life to the next and we run into the spirit of God and come face to face with him. And you see, the coming face to face with God is a good thing. Because when we, face, when we come face to face with God, we see the person who loves us more than anyone could ever love us. When we see the face of God, he doesn't have a book with all the marks. He has the cross with the blood that is shed for our sins that washes all of our sins away, and he has eternal life. He's not the, 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 the guy who's got the ruler that's beating you over the head and slapping you on the back. He's the God who is not kicking you in the pants to get moving. He's in front of you leading you. And you see, the difference between the shepherd and the sheep is that the shepherd is leading the sheep, that God is leading your life, and we are his sheep of the sheep of his pasture, and God is leading us each step of the way. And if God is leading me through the valley of the shadow of death, which is the valley of the shadow of change, which is the valley of the shadow of transition. So anytime we are transitioning in our life, we are dying to something and becoming alive to something else. So we are in the valley of transition, and in the valley of transition, I feel an emptiness and a hurt because of what my attachments to something else. You should talk to our daughter. You know, Rachel's this, she really has an attachment thing to every, you know, to certain things. Whenever we moved here, uh, we had a green Granada Ford and I traded it in. I know I've told you the story, but it goes along with this. That we had this green Granada and we were trading it in. And the morning we were taking it to the garage, I'm all excited about going there. There's Rachel sprawled out on the hood of the car. Don't take my car. (laughs) This is my car. (laughs) You know, you're going to get rid of it. You know, and she she was kicking and screaming going to the car dealer. She didn't want to get rid of that, her car. Well, you know, because she felt a loss. But me, I'm looking for what I'm getting, and she's looking at what, see, blessing burden. What was a blessing to me, she considered it a burden. And in our life, we have this valley of transition where one, people, one person sees it as one thing and another sees it, as, you know, sees it as something else. So here we are in this place of transition, and transition of life, and we have to believe that God is in charge of the transition because he loves me. He loves me. Just let that sink in for a moment. He loves you. And you can't do anything about it except receive it. You can't change his, you cannot change his intention. You cannot change his perspective. You cannot do one humongous or minimal iota of a thing to have God change his opinion and his perspective of you the worst criminal on the planet, the worst heathen, the worst murderer on the planet, God loves them the same way he loves us. Now, they have walked away from it. We're walking towards it. You See, so we are receiving it. And if God is in this place, well, well God is in this place of loving us, and he's telling us then to be receptive of his spirit, which is the tutor, that God is going to take the word that we have to read and understand. He can't, it just doesn't fall out of the sky. <laughs> so we are growing in our faith. We're growing in our understanding by having the word of God taught to us and put within our minds and our hearts and our spirit. And the same thing that I'm saying to each one will be different with each one because the Holy Spirit will make it real to your life, to your life, to your situation, to your situation. And that God will be the one who is in the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we, ha- we are hearing the word. We believe. You're pregnant or you're not. <laughs> you know, there is no in between. So I believe that God is with me. You got enough faith. I believe that God has forgiven me of my sins. You got enough faith. I believe that God can do the impossible. You got enough faith. I believe that God can take my dreams and make them a reality. You have enough faith. (laughs) Wow. You see, you have enough. You had enough faith to come to church. You have enough faith. You have enough faith to read the scripture or look up a devotional. You have enough faith. You see, pregnant or not, you believe or not, it isn't one to ten I believe. I think of the uh, prodigal son. Um, here is this guy, you know. He, he, prodigal, is this? You know, he's a spoiled brat. <laughs> That's it. Dad, I, I know I'm supposed to wait until you die to get my my inheritance from you, but I'm not going to stay around for that. How about giving me what I want now? Okay. I'm not going to kill you to get it. I just want it now. Do you know what Kutzpah is? Anybody know what Kutzpah is? Guts. Nerve. Do you know where it came from? This guy named Kutzpah killed his parents. And when he went to court, he he was calling upon the mercy of the court to have mercy on him for his actions because he was an orphan. (laughs) <laughs> you got that <laughs> he killed his parents and wanted the court, wanted the court to have, have um, leniency on him because he was an orphan he didn't have, he didn't have parents that's kutzpah <laughs> I don't know what it means to our lesson but I just thought of it oh the prodigal son see this isn't in my lesson I'll get to this sermon here in a minute but the the idea is that this 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 prodigal son he had kutzpah i don't need to kill you, dad but i want my inheritance i want my share dad says go right ahead he gives him what he needs and goes off and he squanders everything he has now what happens is the the most important part of the, the whole scenario of the well there's two important parts one maybe three one is that jesus is telling the story and he is the one who's explained to us the perspective of God. Okay? He's the one who is giving us God's perspective on this situation. So, Jesus is telling that God the Father will give you permission to do whatever you want. <laughs> God will let you do what you want, you have a free will. But it doesn't mean that's what he wants you to do. So you can go off and live your life in whatever way you want. That's your decision. God will give you that choice. But I want you to know, for the son, his reality came back to him whenever he said, you know, <laughs> one, he's eating, you know, we often, often say that, well, he was eating the, the, the cobs, the pig, what the pigs ate. No, he didn't eat what the pigs ate. Because he, the pigs had more value than he did. The pigs ate first, and then he got to eat was left. Because he had no value. He came to himself and said, you know what? The servants, the lowest servant in my father's house is better off than this. And in our lives, we've got to understand that, that the world away the, the from God, the... The person who has the most of the wealth of the world and doesn't have God is just eating the scraps of life because they are not in relationship with the creator who created the soul. So he comes to himself, I'm gonna go back home. I'll be a slave, I'll be anything, I'll be anything to Jesus to the to the to my father just so I can eat again and have something in my stomach. So Jesus gives us the picture that a great way off, the boy is coming home. What does the father do? He runs towards him. None of this, well, I'll teach him a lesson. (laughs) None of this, well, you know, I'll wait till he gets here and see what happens. No, he goes running after him kisses him, hugs him. This guy's come from a pig pen. And he kisses him, hugs him, puts the robe on, puts a ring on his finger, takes him right into the family. As if he'd never done anything wrong. As if he'd never done anything wrong. See, God loves each of us. We are the apple of his eye. We are his most prized possession. We are the one and only person. But you see, all of us occupy that that place where it's not one above another. We're all on that same level of right up there with God. Me and God, we're like this. <laughs> but so are you. It's just that we haven't recognized how that God is at work in our life. And so, but as for me, I am filled with power. This is my text, and I'll start now. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might. I am filled with the Spirit, the power, the justice and might. There is this sense of purpose and being able to deal with my life in a way that the creator who created me who has a plan for my life and wants to, wants to lead me somewhere not take me somewhere lead me somewhere and he is going to lead me each step of the way so I can arrive exactly where I need to be you know I said this in Sunday school it was kind of odd when my wife when and I moved here in February 14th <laughs> that was the first day of school and so that weekend before was our first weekend here that when i arrived there was a man named Clayton Gaiman he was a retired brother and pastor that individual whenever he was in Indiana Pennsylvania at a brother and church my brother went to his bible study he went to IUP and, uh, he had, and Reverend Gaiman was uh, there with him. My brother went to his church. When we came back from Maine and went to Catanning, Reverend Gaiman was two miles down the road at a Brethren church. And whenever we ended up in Wimber, Reverend Gaiman had retired and lived here in Wimber and was a chaplain at the hospital. <laughs> and so he was waiting for me to come because he wanted me to help him in the hospital. After I learned how to do all that or got into it, with well, after a year or so, maybe two, he died. And then I stepped on. That's how I got in the hospital. Rhonda taught in the Ford City School District, substituted. And the person who called her all the time to substitute was a principal. Well, that principal ended up over at Central City. First day we were here, they were calling her from Central City to come and sub and we walked into the school over here. They said, we have a substitute teacher right across the street. That's good. And they would always call for her to come. And she was always in Central City. Uh, Mr. Gay, who recently, he passed away this week. He said, if they want her so much out in Central City, we better get her here. And they hired her for a part-time teacher. Steps of the right, you know, God has it all in order. So you look back and there it is. We look at our lives. We don't have to judge it. We don't have to pass judgment on it. We have to take the condemnation and the guilt and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to wash us. Know that we are free from it, and we are so, so the power of God and the presence of God and love of God are so overwhelming that all this is nothing in his sight. So we are his child. We are his child. He loves you. He loves you. I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might. I have a purpose in my thinking. I have a purpose in my actions. I have a purpose in my relationships. And they all circle around Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand. Father, we are so grateful that you love us and there's so much of you for us to understand and God we trip ourselves over the events that we don't understand we ask O oh God that you help us stick those things in a file and one day when we see you maybe we'll be able to ask those questions but when we arrive we'll know that you were in charge even of those times so in our places of transition let your spirit guide us in, your sp- in a place of question, God, may we feel your peace. In a place where we doubt, may we feel your love. May we know that we are loved and that nothing is impossible. So we ask you to please accompany us, not because we deserve it, but because of who you are. So bless us, Lord, that we might be blessings. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.